幸せなふりをした歌うもっと走らず言い聞かせた無謀にもそってかつかみや来た道を一別取りをごめんしまんそこ参戦に次ぐワンガムやマルトによりがかりチェリは積もって果てしない旅の途中で街の柱に立ち寄る疲れた両足をそっと投げ出して寝転ぶと繰り返される浅い眠り何とも同じ者の子顔何とも同じ者の言葉を生きてるだけで悲しいと思うのを出すだけなのでたばこの煙私は。I'm not like the best at their music, but、uh, I, I told my friend、uh, that I was practicing、uh, their music, and she asked me if I'm high and I play some 41, does it become some 420? And I had to confirm. So yesterday,、hmm. upon smoking for my pain, I, I decided to pick up the guitar immediately and play some 41, and lo and behold, I played the Hell Song better than I ever have. <laughs> There's like a solo in that song that's like, it's not insanely difficult or anything, but like I've never actually like nailed it at full speed. And yesterday I fucking did Wallstone, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> What's、yeah. happening here? So, y'all have been playing video games, I'm sure.、Uh, I, I know. When you talked about Baldur's Gate 3, I don't know if I actually heard Sam mention any of what he's been playing. I mean, I've mostly been in the woods, suffering. Oh, true, 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 true. S- splitting wood logs, getting the most egregious farmer's tan. <laughs> <laughs> very, very fair. I. I would say I'm trying to imagine you like, being tan, but also I've never seen your face. So. This is true. But just like spending seven or eight hours a day just like splitting, cutting、oh, yeah. logs into fucking like foot and a half wide、uh, stumps and then taking those stumps and putting them on the wood splitter and then putting those down into like firewood stuff. I, I have been spending my fucking time playing Ratchet and Clank.、Uh, ah. Let me tell you, that, that's a series of games. For sure, for sure. I believe it. 
tell me tell me about it. What's going on? Uh, I've never played the games. So are, are the the basic idea of Ratchet and Clank is that it's like a a, a 3D platformer, right? Uh with yeah, guns. It's, a, it's a mascot platformer for the <laughs> PlayStation 3 generation. Uh the the series is centered on what I believe the kids would call crude humor. Um it's not always like below the belts, but it it, it it's pretty. It can get pretty bad sometimes. Sure, uh, it's no conquer, but <laughs> it's definitely no conquer. I have been kind of surprised by the amount of things I've seen in this series. Um, but the 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 thing is, they kind of took a Jack Two approach to it, not in terms of edginess, but they were like, "What if it was a mascot platformer, but with guns?" And the thing is, they were so right. This is what they needed to do, um, because they have so many ludicrous weapons in this series that it is just so fucking fun to upgrade them and get even more ludicrous weapons. I had a gun. That was so overpowered in the second game that turns enemies into sheep. That's all it does. Is oh. It just turns them into sheep. Uh, but it literally got me through one of the later levels of that game because there are enemies uh, that will come out and they'll hit you for like a massive amount of damage. But they can also, at will, spawn four more of that same enemy. <laughs> so what I did is I got out the Sheepinator... And I just fucking, it has infinite ammo, it just takes a little bit to, like, turn them into sheep. I just fucking held that button down. I'm sitting here turning, like, a hundred enemies into sheep. And let me tell you, it's a fucking blast. Uh, that does sound pretty goddamn satisfying. Yeah, it sure does. Um, I... I have the hard takes, which is that I... I Apparently, a lot of people who like the series think Going Commando, which is the second game, is, like, the best one. That one are up your arsenal. But the truth is, neither mm -hmm. of those games is the best one. In fact, I think Going Commando is kind of bad, actually. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Uh, most of that is, is... Not that I expect, like, the world from the plots of these games, but it's, like, Going Commando... The story of that game is such an insult to the player. It, it it has no... There's no actual meaning to the plot of that game whatsoever. It is oh, such an aside. Okay. Um, like, spoilers for a 20-year-old game, I guess. It's one of those games where they, like, lead you to believe one character is the villain, and then at the very, very end reveal that oh actually it's this character from the first game uh just in disguise who is the villain and then they don't even let you fight him you fight a different boss uh which is just <laughs> a, a giant version of another enemy uh the fight is over within 30 seconds if you have a good weapon and then it just cuts to credits <laughs> you don't even like really find out what happened and Afterwards, like after the credits, they literally have a moment where the main characters are like, so what even happened to this guy anyway? And it's like, I don't know. It's like, we're just not even, we're not even going to pretend the plot of this game mattered, are we? We're, no, that's we're pure video games. <laughs> it really is. 
Uh, the Future series is pretty good. Um, just like the PS3 trilogy. Uh, with the caveat that the second game in the trilogy should not have been released as a standalone game. I think it should have been DLC for the first future game because it is three hours long. Fair enough. That makes sense. Like, it, it, in all fairness, it was released at, like, a lower price point. I think, like, $30. But, like, okay. $30, $30 for a three-hour, like, game, I, I don't... I don't know if I would have paid that, like, back when it was, you know, full price. Oh, for sure, for sure. It There's a lot of stuff that sort of depends in there. It's made by Insomniac? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, you know. I don't know how they were doing at that time. It's hard for me to make any, like, sweeping generalizations. Right, because yeah. I, I certainly do believe that there's space for a $30 game that cost Or, a $30 game that takes three hours to complete. Oh, but also, for sure. right, like, there's a lot of questions, especially with, like, a mascot platformer, yada, 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 what's the replayability like in that case, but, yeah, like, I can see that feeling a bit, like, especially because at that time, right, the PS3 era, they were figuring out DLC structure, still. True. Right? Like, you could buy DLCs for video games on discs for a while. And it being the PS3 especially probably didn't help, uh, just because, like, Tools of Destruction, which is the first future game, uh, that one came out before trophy support was even added. Um, like, that game still doesn't even have, right. like, PS3 trophies. Um, and it's like, the store on PS3 was not good. And neither was the download structure, so I'm not, like, all that surprised it's not DLC. It just kind of baffles me that they released it on disc. Yeah, no, I absolutely hear you. Uh, I also gotta say, I'm not just playing Baldur's Gate 3. That is a game I've been playing a little bit of cooperatively with some friends. Uh, but I'm continuing to play a lot of Street Fighter Six. Evo happened between our last recording and now, and that was pretty exceptional. I heard some things about Evo, uh, namely that like a Smash player won Guilty Gear, which is interesting to say the least. Yes, uh, everybody I... hated it. You can hear the crowd <laughs> die. It's the reason I need to go watch top six of of Guilty Gear because <laughs> I. Th- I don't care for the player. Like he, he's more of a he's mostly a melee guy, and he's also like extremely well, not controversial, but like he for a long time he was the villain of this. Like he was the heel of the scene. Like on oh gotcha. sure 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 oh uh, like he he was just the heel. At least that's my understanding of it because it's not it's not my game. So I was kind of like oh right, this is the scene that's right next to my game. You know. Uh, so yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm seeing like occasional peeks into into it, uh, but my understanding was that basically he was like the heel of it on purpose for a fair a fairly long time. Like he you know he's provocateur like on purpose. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, hearing which that is he, why he plays happy fucking chaos presumably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so hearing that he wins Guilty Gear, I was just like, oh man, that sounds hilarious. Uh, the big Evo thing for me though is. 
that Street Fighter Top 6 was fucking wild. There was not a single bad game in that entire series. No, it was nuts. <laughs> like, every I... single game is like, this is one of the best sets that I've seen of all time. There was, there's one of them that I feel like we had, like, I think it was um, Punk and Mena RD. That was an insane set. Mm. Uh, so, uh, Mena's entire run out of the loser's bracket was a fucking legendary streak, in my opinion. That was bananas. Counter, He makes Counterpick Blanca look so fucking good. And nobody else knows how to play Blanca like that. It was it was very good. Uh, like, go watch the top six. Honestly, like, and as soon as you have the time, like, just go watch top six for Street Fighter Six because I might have is, to. It is it's buck wild. <laughs> so good. None of the characters that like I'm really invested in were there. Right in terms of uh, character select options, um, it was that. JP elimination hurts so bad though. <laughs> I cuz he he used a spike that should have hit and it just whiffed. It doesn't make any sense based on the positionality. It just whiffed. And everyone on Twitter, at least all the JP heads, were saying like on some level thank god for that cuz now Everyone's not going to be calling for a major nerf. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, uh, my my thing was, I, I I take it Punk was in top six then. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't. I I I don't like Punk. Like, I'll just put that out there. I don't like Punk as a person. I I think he has a pretty shitty attitude. Uh, I cannot mm-hmm. deny that he is a very good player. Uh whenever he is actually playing something. Uh, he, he is a very good player. Uh, but I always have to laugh whenever I see him going on about, like, being the greatest competitive gamer in the world and then, like, getting clowned on in a fighting game. Like, I, I need to see that shit. Sure. I don't know Punk that well. Yeah, the list is a, a great list. Yeah, do you want the top six list? Please. Uh, from Japan, we've got Kakaru, Haitani, and Tokido. From the States, we've got Punk. From Dominican Republic, you've got Mena RD. And then, I don't recognize the flag, we've got UAE and uh, Jordan, but I think it's probably the UAE flag. Hmm. But you've got Angry Bird. Gotcha. Yeah, that top six is just absolutely buck wild. Like so, every set goes to five games. Ooh. Every Except single for one. one. Or no, I think there's two sets that might not make it to five games. Maybe. So yeah, it's a long top six. Uh, but it is also really good. Also, Haitani is playing modern. Like there's yeah. a there's a modern in top six. Modern Chun Li goes crazy. Yeah, those instant jump lightning kicks are well, instant jump lightning kicks and also like instant anti air uh level ones, the Well the level one, but also about? just the special as well. Oh. Like frame one, hey, I'm doing my my air invincible special. 
right. is like really fucking good. And then also there is the added factor of I'm doing basically frame one uh jump lightning kicks <laughs> as a like Oh, I'm just going to jump over your move and then immediately tag you with another one <laughs> mm-hmm. into a combo. I really felt like that gave me a much better, like, comprehension of a lot of, like, the drive gauge dynamics outside of, like, you know, your base level play experience. Um, And the commentary was also pretty helpful for that. But it's crazy how, um, like, meter-hungry modern chun is and i think modern characters in general tend to burn a lot more meter but um i was hoping that haitani would make it a little bit farther honestly um but i i really going back to punk right Mm -hmm. i haven't been involved in the fgc for like that long i haven't like watched a lot of evos i've only really gotten into fighting games in about the last year now um, I think I got Guilty Gear Strive last August or September, which started me, like, intentionally trying to actually learn how a fighting game works. Um, and, um, I've only seen Punk get destroyed by Mena RD on the way to the final round of a tournament at this point. Yeah, he he's a very good player. Uh, I I I think he's just a very disrespectful guy. Like he he he's the kind of guy to take trash talk out of the game and just kind of mm. go off on Twitter about whatever. And it, it's like that's fine. You can do that, but it doesn't really reflect well on your personality. Um, because like uh. I, I won't get too far into it, because I know we have to talk about Bleach, but um, one of the things that sticks out in my mind, and, like, with the whole Sonic Soul controversy, which I I will not go too far into either, because I, I have my own opinions about it, I, I think there are, there are some really bad things that that guy did that I, I'm like, okay, but I also recognize, like, he's trying to be better about his shit. Uh, he tried to offer punk some advice on stream uh like not in like a mean way just like hey you could have done this here uh and punk just like on stream went off on him uh out of nowhere um and the dude even went into punk's dms and like apologized uh because they were like friends right and it, it literally just turned into punk being like i don't want anything to do with you you don't come onto my stream and give me advice and shit like that it's like, whoa. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, that seems extreme. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Mm. I, I, I'm massively simplifying the situation, but it, it's like... Uh... Sure, sure. No, I hear you. Uh, I just... My final thought on Evo... Uh, two final thoughts. The, the Tekken Top 6 was also pretty great. Um, Tekken's always fun to watch, even... honestly. Even if their character reveal for their newest character uh, definitely made me go, like, it's kind of weird that I'm watching them reveal a character and I'm thinking, gee, Street Fighter (laughs) 6 and Street Fighter in general are, like, less absurd and offensive about 
the racism or racial politics of the characters they're including in their games. Um, even if she does look like a fun character, she's a very sort of flat set of, like, Peru traits. Um, like, Peru stereotypes. Anyway, the other thing I was thinking is I really... That final set was was nuts. I really wanted Mena to win, which is funny because technically that would be, you know, like a, a double victory, and I'm usually sort of more of an underdog person. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't want Ken to win. I just didn't <laughs> want... Every time I've gone on ranked since Evo, there's been even more Kens than there were before, and there was already too many Kens. There were so I'm many sick Kens. of them. I mean, Ken I'm is sick of them. It, it isn't there. There's something like a extra. It's like an extra ten percent bump. Like Ken is the most popular character by at least ten percent. Yes, like, I think he, so. It's something like he's at like forty one percent, and then like the next like two people together, it makes up thirty or something. Like it's it's it, there's like a stupid amount of Ken bias, and I get it. Running is real fun. <laughs> The run is really good. But you know who else can run now? Rashid. Rashid can run. Rashid's got a fun run. Um, yeah. I actually I haven't logged on like since I've been on vacation, so I don't know how it's developed in the last two weeks. I would expect now there to be like a bunch of Rashids. I don't see that many, but I'm also only in silver on ranked right now, so like yeah. I don't know how things are shaking out. I guess probably no Rashids in top six probably hurts a lot. <laughs> Right, uh, it definitely feels like everyone's like, okay, it's Ken time, baby, let's let's get that Ken going. Yeah, for context, there were, like, Ken was the only double. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. There were, er, wait. Is yeah, that Ken true? was the only double, yeah. Am I, for a second, I thought there were two GPs, but I think, I, I, was, I think it's just that I was seeing, like, two GP matches in a row. There might um, have been two JP matches in a row, or there might have been two JPs in top eight. That might be it. But yeah, so Ken was the only double, like, in top six. Um, so it's like, oh, yeah, Ken. And, you know, in fairness, there were some sick, like, I am on my last pixel of life, and yet, <laughs> the game is not, the game is not done. Oh, yeah, it was, it was really good stuff. Um, also, a big thing, theme of Evo this year was random controller disconnects oh man like throughout pools and into the grand finals right in the reset right so mena wins the first set they go to a reset and then his controller like immediately disconnected i i I did try a fighting game i've never played before this week um what was that uh dengeki bunko fighting climax uh, let me tell you, this game has kind of a cursed roster. I'm gonna be real. Um, so, uh, we have Taiga from Toradora, which, like, okay, that's fine. I like Taiga. Uh, we have, uh, Akira Yuki from Virtua Fighter. <laughs> um, okay. Akko from And You Thought There Is Never a Girl Online, which I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Asuna from Sword Art Online. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, uh, here's the here's the two pictures that I'm seeing when I search up this game, and it's 
the it's Asuna from Sword Art Online, the girl from uh the Devil Works as a Part Timer, and then yep. the fucker from uh Irregular at Magic High School. <laughs> oh, we've got a few of those. Um, so we we've got Emi Yusa from The Devil is a Part Timer, uh, Kirino Kosaka from a little anime called Oremo, uh, which that's extremely cursed. Uh, Kirito from Sword Art Online. Uh, we got Kuroko Shirai from Sword of Magical Index. Uh, Kuroyuki Hime from Excel World, which is the other thing by the Sword Art Online guy. Um, another certain Magical Index character. Uh, Miyuki Shiba and, uh, Tatsuya Shiba from, uh, Irregular Magic High School. Quinther Barbatage from Heavy Object, which I've never heard of. Uh, Rintaro Satomi from Black Bullet, which that's also cursed in my opinion, but that's only because of associations with the only person I know who's watched Black Bullet. Um, Silveria Bless from Valkyria Chronicles. Which, oh, that seems they got weird that Valkyria me. Chronicles representation? Hell yeah. A- apparently. Uh, Shana from Shakugan no Shana. Shizuo from Durarara. Uh, we got a character from Rokyu Boo, which I've never heard of, and somebody from Strike the Blood. It, it is a weird roster. Um, what got me was I booted this game up, right? And I was like, okay, I, I, I want to just see what's, what it's all about. Um, my, my girl Taiga has three special moves, and they all use quarter circle inputs. Uh... And two supers, which both use half-circle inputs. And I'm sitting here like, I could not have picked a game that I I have to do any less in. It, it, it feels so easy. And I'm just like, what is going on? This game... I, I, I guess I can see why this game didn't take off. I mean, that's just the norm, right? Like, or it was the norm for a while of you just, like, every character has two maybe three specials and that and they're all quarter circles maybe you put a dp in there yeah like i i don't disagree uh it, it's just when i see like um an anime f- excuse me an anime fighter uh particularly especially one that's like a four but four button anime fighter because you got like a b c and d sure um, it's like, usually I expect there to be more going on, but it's like a four button game with auto combos and I couldn't really see much benefit outside of the auto combos. Not that there isn't any, I'm not well experienced in the game, but it didn't seem like there was a super high skill ceiling to me, which like that, that could be a good or a bad thing. I feel like the, the game was probably made for the people who like, follow all of these series and are super into Jengaku Bunko, which I believe is like a magazine. Um, yeah, see, that's where you're wrong. It's not an anime fighter. It's a light novel fighter that also this has a right. uh, Valkyrie profile character. Which is really funny. I also gotta say, <laughs> I'm looking at the list of support characters and they do have Kino from Kino's Journey in there. <laughs> yep. Um, which is quite funny. And Boogie Pop from Boogie Pop. I've never never seen Boogie Pop. 
I don't know almost anything about Boogie Pop, aside from I've seen a guy with a big hat. And I think that might be Boogie Pop. Interesting. So, as you all may have guessed uh, by now, us rambling for 30 plus minutes about fighting games and stuff, this is a Bleach podcast. And this is, this is right. it'll wash out. Uh, I'm your co-host, Kit. I'm your co-host, Sam. And I'm the It'll Wash Out winner of the Freak of the Week contest, Quinn. Everybody clap. It's it's not a victory, actually. It's kind of a bad... <laughs> you're not supposed to want to win that. I've been putting uh, the stockades. It, I, it's Are okay, I'll celebrate for you. Are Mayuri and Xylopodo in the contest, or not? Uh, I don't know. I don't want their stink on me. <laughs> I'm just I, saying, because if they're part of the contest, then you still win Freak of the Week. That that might be a problem. We we might have to examine your contracts if that if that's the case. They they probably were disqualified for having won previous Freaks of the Week. Right now, they're they're sort of more in the running for annual titles oh so they've they've gone to nationals is what you're saying right they're sort of preceded oh speaking of contracts before we start uh, solidarity to SAG-AFTRA and the Writers Guild like strikes Uh, we contacted them to ask them if it would be helpful in the slightest if we struck and they said anime is not covered so Bleach is specifically not covered on the contracts we're striking, so you know, just fucking go ahead. Uh, yeah, yep. We will. We will not be talking about any streaming services that Bleach is available on. Uh, but mm-hmm. we we will still talk about Bleach. Uh, it was part of the reason it took so long for a new episode to come out. But there were also other factors. Uh, but I I just wanted to be upfront that like we did contact them. Yeah. We we made sure this was okay to do because we were very concerned about that. Yep, we've been given the go-ahead, so that's what we're doing. If we ever hear anything different, something changes, we'll shut it down. But for now, it is some steam ahead. Yeah, it is, like, worth noting, I suppose, we sent, the, we sent this out in, like, the first couple of days of everybody like once the strike guidance came out and then all the podcasters in the world started sending them emails and they were like oh right we accidentally excluded a billion podcasts and we didn't realize it yet um so it is entirely possible that in the future they would ask like anyone covering stuff on struck networks uh to stop production in which case at which point we would probably also either go on hiatus or cover purely manga or like something bleach related uh yep in solidarity because uh, no none of us as far as i'm aware is part of the union so it's not like they can actually put any sanctions on us but if the if the union has to strike we would strike like yeah <laughs> uh mm-hmm. but yeah so basically all i want to say yeah i appreciate you bringing it up because i totally forgot to so you know it is appreciated uh, do you want to get us started on that first episode, or do we have more shit, uh, more shit we want to shoot first? Well, I don't, but we probably should. 
Uh, we are in a very particular stretch of Leech, where every time I'm watching an episode, I'm looking at the watch I don't have on my wrist. I, yeah, this I, is the part of the arc that's the part of the movie where all of the people show up for two minutes and have their little thing, and you just don't give a shit. See, uh, what, what gets me But it's is real. I- I I I took ADHD medication today, um, so I I was sitting here watching Bleach, and my attention was still falling off, uh, and I don't think that's the fault of the medication, but I was sitting here like, man, this sure is Bleach. So time to speed run some summaries, folks. Let's do it. In so much as you can with a show that keeps bouncing between three uh, theaters. Uh, yep. But hey, let's get into it with episode 196. Joining the battle, the strongest Shinigami army appears. Uh, this episode starts with just like an extended recap from last time. Uh, which, in our case, is actually kind of useful because we haven't been here for a month. So, right, so yeah. I had watched these episodes before what was maybe going to be our last recording session, but things didn't happen. And then I started watching this today, and I actually jumped into the Discord, and I was like, hey, are we watching 196 and 197, or 198 and 199? Because I was having the very particular sensory experience of watching things unfold on screen, and I could literally hear Sam's voice in my head, recapping this shit. <laughs> um... <laughs> And so I was like, hold on. And it just turns out that the summary of the episode or the recap portion of the episode is like seven and a half minutes long. So it was just all stuff that we talked about <laughs> in our last actual recording. It's almost an entire it's almost half of an, an episode. It's a third of an episode just for the recap. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is where it began. <laughs> Because if that wasn't the case, I was starting to get worried that I was fabricating Sam's voice in my head. And I'm like, that's not, that's not something I should probably be doing. It is a One Piece size recap. Absolutely. So, quick running over the recap. Nell turned into Nelliel. She got beat up, transformed into a centaur. The Hadnoitor on the ropes, turned back to baby mode. She got her ass kicked. A pig-faced minotaur beat the shit out of Ichigo. And then Zoraki showed up. Kenpachi is here. And Ichigo is in disbelief. But Zoraki just, like, slays the minotaur. Uh, so it's probably, like, actually him. You know? Uh, and I think this is about where the recap ended. Or maybe the recap ended, like, as... Maybe Zoraki killing the minotaur is, like, post-recap. But, yeah. Then we're in the episode proper, and Ichigo is, like, asking... Hey, um, why the fuck are you in so, like, why, why are you here if you guys were pulling out of the fight? And Zoraki explains, he's like, it's not that we didn't want to bring the fight to these fuckers. It's that as captains, we can, like, how many times do we need to teach you this lesson? The physical laws of the world affect the captains of soul society. (laughs) Like, we need to prepare to move to a different dimension. (laughs) 
which Urahara has apparently been doing for the last couple of months, like, off-screen, and when they said, hey, we, like, we're not getting ha- we're not getting involved in this Orihime business, it's because they weren't ready to go, like, the gates were basically a couple of hours from being ready to go, I suppose, or maybe a couple of days or whatever. Uh, but now they're here, so huzzah! Also, Yachiru's here, but you know. Honestly, like the whole Urahara <laughs> explanation, like I, I'm sure I said it, like because I think it came up last time we talked. Uh, it did. But, it's one of those things that I was hearing Sam talk about in my head. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just very hand wavy. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, at this point, we like cut to Mayuri, who's like also here unfortunately and i'm just like oh great it's mayuri showing up to fight xylopoto is this the first time he's been shown in this outfit or not i believe this is his this is the reveal of this particular outfit of his pharaoh ass fucking outfit like pharaoh or like satanist goat horns depending on however you want to you want to interpret his headdress well i there's also like his chin bit Oh yeah, no, he's definitely got like a fair. He probably has for uh, going down on the ladies. If you understand what I'm talking about, I don't want to think about that. What what I will say is, Kubo definitely seemed like these two episodes. He was on some Egypt bullshit for a little bit. Yes. Uh, We've got Unahana, the the captain of the Healer Squad, who is like showing up to the Arankar CIA and Chad. And the guy who's gonna finish off Rukia is interrupted by Byakuya. So, you know, we've got four captains here. We've got, like, half of the entire Soul Society's, like, compatibility here. Uh, Zoraki complains, because he's like, Oh, I'm strong enough that I should have been able to see But no, they brought in everyone in my name. You know, Zoraki's just being a baby. That's fine. He's always a baby. <laughs> he's a, a punchy yeah. baby. Uh, Byakuya and Mayuri, like, have basically the same scene of, like, I'm not gonna tell you my name. We're here to kill all of you. Fuck you. (laughs) And then Unahana's like, I'm here to pick this guy up. You can leave. Do you want to fight a captain? No? Get the fuck out. (laughs) Unahana truly being the coolest motherfucker here, not gonna lie. It is yeah, also like, kind of funny, though, when she's like, well, yeah, but we got the Hippocratic Oath, so I guess we have to, like, heal the other guy. Yeah, I don't you even know, think it's, like, a Hippocratic Oath thing. She's just like, this guy, they were going to kill this guy, too, so I guess we'll heal him. <laughs> That's kind of a, yeah. Unahana Una really out here like, listen, 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 listen. I, I don't want to be in the war. I just want to heal the people who are affected by the war, and, you know, I think that's commendable. (laughs) Yeah, then we've got Byakuya, who asks Zomari if he hurt Rukia, and the Arankar is like, no, but I was going to kill her, Uh, which probably isn't the best answer to that specific question. Uh, We cut to Zaraki fighting Noitara, he's just having a blast. Ichigo's like, ah, I want to jump in too, but then, like, Yachiru just starts murdering him with a kick combo to the face. Orihime, like, watches on, and she's like, you're killing him. You're <laughs> you're just straight up killing him. Come on. Uh, there is no one stopping Orihime from walking over and healing Ichigo at this point. There sure is not. 
Like there definitely there is, is not. No- there is nothing in this world that is currently stopping her from walking two meters and healing Ichigo. Does she think like, it's going to draw aggro? Like, I don't know what's going on. See, that, that yeah, was I what don't. I was going to say, is you could maybe argue that, like, she thinks, like, if she starts healing him, that Noitra's just going to come kick her or whatever. But, like, also, Noitra's dealing with fucking Zaraki right now, and, uh... I, I don't think anybody dealing with Zaraki is really going to have time to go focus on somebody else. Right. Sometimes like, you, you gotta trust your tank, folks. Like, listen, if you if you get run jump into a duty into a duty, and then you look at the tank and the tank is a dark knight called Zaraki Kampachi, you can go, you know what? He's got this. He knows when to pop living dead. Like, it'll be fine. He's looking for the button. He's l- reveling. Like, he is living for the moment where he pops Living Dead. Like, he is looking my, for it. My boy Zaraki has the Living Dead macro to tell me in chat, using auto-translate, that he is using Living Dead. And I will be <laughs> his healer, and I will be very thankful that I did not pa- cast regen on him. <laughs> God. The, the most specific of cuts. I hate it. <laughs> but uh, I'm right. <laughs> You're right. Is the like that's the worst part. Is you're right. <laughs> um, at this point, the Arankar CIA look at Unahata and they're like, "Yeah, uh, we don't need to get up in the in a captain's business. Fuck that. We're out." Uh, so they leave. Mayori is a dick to Uryu. Uh, don't worry, Dadachaka and Pesha are back, <laughs> and uh, oh, they bring joy. back like they bring back some of their favorite like ongoing bits like. The mixing up the group name joke and the calling Uryu by another name gag. <laughs> uh. It is at this point in the podcast that I, I'm going to say it. I just don't think the Arankar arcs are that good. I They're pretty bad, I, actually. I, I, I know there are some people out there, and like, truly I envy you. That think the Arankar arcs are, like, the best part of Bleach. Like, I have met these people, and, like, I I get it. Some of the designs are pretty hype. Uh, Some of the designs are cool. Uh, Other designs are, um, questionable. Bad? uh, At best. Dog shit? Yeah. But, like, not even just speaking anime-wise, the pure, unadulterated length of the Arankar arcs is there's not enough happening to justify it. Uh, oh, like, absolutely. Right. The thing is, the Arankar arcs are buoyed by a couple of really clutch, like, climactic battles. The problem yeah. with the Arankar arcs is that it is, especially this part here in Huecomundo, is it is just a a series of episodes or chapters where you are bouncing from one relatively tension-free conflict to another, right? I'm not feeling any sense of stakes as I'm engaging with this stuff. Uh, And so everything turns into a sort of bland slurry of like, okay, I know what the beats are going to be. Here's where they pop the transformation. Okay, they're losing, they're losing, they're losing. It's been five minutes. It's time to turn around and done. Don't don't forget about Bankai. 
Oh yeah, like, that's uh, that's when they stop losing, pretty much. Yeah. Like the th- like the thing that I think a lot of like I think that deep down, not a lot of people think that the Iron Carp arcs are the best. Because like, no, the people only thing like th- the fight with Grimjo, and people like the fight with Ukiora, and maybe people like the fight with uh, Coyote Stark. Yeah, and also even just like the original, uh, Ukiora and Yami show up and trash Chad, beat the shit out of Ichigo. Uh, you've got the second coming with uh, Grimjow. Rukia gets a fight and looks fucking incredible for like ten seconds. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like holy shit. This right, is you great. get to see um, Ikaku's Bankai. That's really hype. Yeah, like a bunch of characters get like some some added stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, that stuff is really cool. And then you get to the Hueco Mundo part of it, and just like, bro, I the same. Yeah, I I think like, and this is taking a dive back into the deep recesses of my mind when I was a teenager getting into Bleach. But um, I I don't know the truth of this statement, but one of my friends at the time had told me that Kubo actually admitted that the Avrankar arcs were a sexy distraction uh, to like avoid actually writing the end of the Aizen arc stuff. And it, it's like, I... The more I think about that, whether I know whether or not he actually said something like that or mm-hmm. to that effect, I can really see it because it's just like there's we have Orihime right now. Like we we don't she's not as much in danger right this second, uh, which sure. like, OK, whatever. Like, I'm sure she will be nabbed once again uh, to keep stakes throughout but it, it's like if that and the hogyoku are all you have to go off of for the stakes of this arc why is it like six arcs or whatever i don't know how long the araka arcs are but i know we still have like 50 or so episodes of them at least and it's right like, and how do we go from here like right. where do we yeah. go <laughs> And a huge part of it is this issue of, and Kubo has admitted, ad, and Kubo has admitted that this is sort of a huge piece of his writing style, right? Is he hits a roadblock and he designs a shitload of characters, and then the structure of an arc becomes smashing action figures together for like a really long time. Yeah, and it- <laughs> in this arc in particular, the action figures won't stop smashing. I'm getting really tired. My ears hurt. The paint's chipping off. He is becoming Sid in Toy Story and blowing them up with firecrackers and whatnot. Yeah. Now, speaking of smashing action figures together, we've got Mayuri and and Xyloporo who have, like, a mad scientist vibe off. Uh, We've got Byakuya and Samari having a flash step fight. And it's like, oh no, this guy's as fast as Byakuya is. Oh. Uh, then we have Noitora and Zaraki just having like a melee. Yeah. Uh, and they're going at it so hard that Ichigo and Norihime are being flung around into the same direction where she could be <laughs> healing him. <laughs> right. I also gotta say, just as a little thing, 
a while ago near the release of Avatar 2, everyone's like, I dare anyone to give me the name of like five characters from Avatar. Right? Like what was the pop cultural impact, whatever. I I do kind of feel that way about the Arankar. Like Yeah. <laughs> could could anyone actually tell me the names of all ten Espada? I'm sure that there's a some people out there who could do it, but I don't trust them. I could probably I, get pretty close, but I like that's the kind of thing that I tend to latch onto. That's the specific hyperfixation I have with a lot of anime. Let me see how how close I can get real quick, because uh, we've got uh, it's Lamy, right? Like something to that degree. Uh, already blinking on who number two is. Um, we've got Hadabel. Uh, we've got Ulkiora, Grimjow. Um, we've got uh, Zamari, obviously Xyloporto. Uh, we've got. Stark, um, Loopy, though I don't know if Loopy's currently in, in a spot. I can't remember. Uh, that that's all that's coming to mind. That that's like eight. <laughs> yeah, because I think you're mostly missing. Uh, no, Loopy is definitely one for sure right now. He's like, or no, Loopy's. Uh, he shows up in the fucking. Uh, Loopy fights uh, Hitsugaya's crew, so he's he's not a uh, tenth guy. He he was in Espada, okay. I think he was like Grimjaw's replacement, and uh and then oh yeah, you might read Grimjaw got back back in there. Yep, I'm looking at the wiki right now. Okay, I'm looking at the it's wiki. The important one you're oh, missing is Arunio Arudeidi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got it. Got it. Milliseconds before you said it. <laughs> the guy I always forget. Um, the guy who's a lot of guys. Yep. Yeah, Loopy. I don't remember Loopy at all. Um. I think everybody tries to forget Loopy. Sorry, there's some spoilers here, but I forgot the Yami thing. The Yami thing is stupid. Did um, I did I forget fucking Neutra? I totally forgot Neutra. You, I don't think you He's said Neutra. In this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, Baragon is the number two. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Man, I don't remember this guy almost at all. Let's let's keep going with the episode, but we man, gotta keep going to anyway. All I have to say about Bardagon is in Bleach Soul Resurrection, you can just fucking infinite combo with that motherfucker. It's great. Damn. Alright, let's see where I was. So we've got, we've got, we've got... Flash Step uh, Fight. Flash Step Fight. We've got Xyloboro laughing and the peanut gallery go, damn, he laughed without a joke. The, this uh, Mayura guy is a miracle worker, and Uryu's like trying to punch them to stop them from being themselves. But every t- I do love the gag of Uryu being like, take this seriously, and he tries to punch them, but then he misses, and he's like, <coughs> God, I'm fucking dying. I'm missing half of my organs. God. Uh, that was ma- probably my favorite bit of this episode. Uh, we cut back to Byakuya... Uh, Zomari is like, 
I'm so goddamn fast, I can make clones of myself. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. I hate you so much. You weren't expecting um, me to clone your clone with my clone, <laughs> idiot. Yeah, like, Byakuya, like, jumps forward and slices him, and then the clone, and then he shoots a lightning bolt through his coat to catch a surprise clone. And then something happens, and we don't see it, because it's Kenpachi's having a hard time, and Xyloporo is, like, being a creeper, and he's using his goo wings to attack Mayuri. Uh But then we cut back to Zamari, and he tells Byakuya he can make five bodies and stabs him, and Mayuri gets caught by the organ doll move, and Zaraki's, like, getting pushed back by Noitara, and it's like, oh no, all three captains are in trouble. Whatsoever shall we do? Oh, uh, but Byakuya wasn't even in his coat when he was got stabbed. He's so fast. It's a, it's a ninja move he learned from Yuroichi, who learned it from Naruto. Uh, You're also... And also, 70 years of ninja, like, stuff. <laughs> We're also missing uh, the arrogance off that Byakuya and Zamari have here. I which is that... hate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> because, see, before we get that point, we have to see that is not in any trouble. Uh, Zoraki's also not really in any trouble. He was just feeling the fight out. And Mayuri's just weird and clearly doesn't give a shit. And then we end the episode with a zinger, because Zamari's like, you lost because of your arrogance. And Byakuya tells him, you didn't lose because of arrogance. It's just a skill issue. Skill <laughs> issue, L, L, L. Byakuya gang, spamming most... L's in the chat. It is the most, like... Kubo trying to make Byakuya seem cool and failing to do so that I've ever seen. It's so funny. Like, the entire bit with Byakuya in this, like, in these episodes with regards to Zamari is Zamari's like, you're a captain. I will show you the appropriate level of respect and fight you as an equal. And then Byakuya stops in and he's like, did you forget I'm an arrogant ass bitch noble? You assuming you're my equal is the greatest insult in my fucking life. My hairpins are worth more than your entire body, he says. Yeah, like, it's wild. And then it's like, oh yeah, these are like Byakuya's cool moments. I'm like, Excuse me? We'll, we'll get, it definitely we'll get is more... epic Byakuya compilation <laughs> clips. Yeah. We'll, like, we'll get and... to it more in the next episode, but I'm gonna go ahead and say, Zamari, racism aside for the characters, like, whole shtick and design, it might be the most underwhelming Espada I've ever seen. I his His strategy that he uses in the next episode is really funny in how incompetently executed it is. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. And like the the whole Byakuya thing is just like I'm like I'm looking at this episode and I'm like, man, if only Seto Kaiba was here. Oh yeah. <laughs> like if only you had an ounce of the presence that Seto Kaiba has whenever he steps anywhere. <laughs> and he tells people they're useless. <laughs> Ally-era Byakuya does not have the sauce. 
Yeah. Uh, Screw your yeah, flash so, step. I have money. Like, Seto Kaiba as an ally is... Like, you've got Seto Kaiba, like, the villain, right? And then you've right. got Seto Kaiba as an ally who... Not even, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh! bridge skit. Like, actual dialogue in the English dub of the show is... You can't hurt me without destroying the souls of your friends and allies. And then he just responds with, I'm a CEO. I do that every day. Monsters right. attack. <laughs> Incredible. And he's just like, holy ten out of shit. Ten. He's like, attack that thing that looks like Yugi's soul because I do not give a shit. I'm winning this fucking duel. Man, maybe after Bleach we should become a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so in the post-credits, we've got an Arankar encyclopedia. Gin tells us about Zamaru, and it, he just repeats what's in the show, like, straight up. And then, a bit that I do genuinely love every time it fucking happens. Zamaru and Byakuya show up, and then they, like, nothing personnel kid, like, each other constantly and to prove who's fastest and they keep doing it and they they're like crossing the desert into the distance while doing it it's great they're just frequently yeah. teleporting behind each other it's incredible 10 out of 10 bit like every time this bit happens it's great uh and then like as far as notes for the manga i don't have notes per se i just have like a couple of big two page spreads i'm gonna dump into the chat for you to be to see like oh right as nothing burger as these episodes are, the art does slap. Perhaps this is something to do with why people enjoy it. Perhaps. Yeah. And all the I guess one small change is that instead of having like the inter we we only see like bits and pieces of each captain when Zaraki's telling them like, hey, I told them that like I could do it alone. And then you get this big two-page spread with all three other captains showing up. It's like, hey, the cavalry has arrived. Like, just straight up. Love this shit. You know when you have the full page, doom. You know, you know it's gonna be good shit. Right, they all look so cool, is the thing. Well. They do. <laughs> they all look Dude. equally as cool as each other. <laughs> yes, they sure do. They sure do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then also there's the whole like when Byakuya gets stabbed and then disappears, it's a it's a page turn, and it's it's an incredible fucking page turn. No, that's good shit. That's using the medium, folks. I was using about to say medium. that, yeah. Yeah, and then in the like itty bitty corners at the end of chapters, we get a new little side comic starting. Uh, we get newsflash dead the world of Nell's unconscious mind oh no <laughs> where she's where she's like what what happened to me I had a dream I was all grown up that was a good dream Ichigo thought I was hot <laughs> oh my god as she makes like I have tits motions <laughs> and dreams about her adult body uh yeah, we've got this for a while. Kubo sure made this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Well, let's cut to break. 
Alright, so let's get right back into it with episode 197, Byakuya's Bankai, The Quiet Anger. Uh, and first, shoutouts to the sponsor screen. We've got our boy Hanataro on it. We stand a coward. We love Hanataro on this show. Yeah, so the episode starts with Hanataro complaining about the cold weather. And he's like, ah, Byakuya, like, left me alone. You rushed ahead. I told you I couldn't flash stab. Ooh. <laughs> uh, you know, it's Hanataro. That's just how he sounds like. <laughs> You'll love to see it. Uh, Zumari gives a whole thing where he's like, bro, why do you think I'm arrogant? You're a captain. I'm treating you like an equal. I've got nothing but respect. And, you know, this is what I said last time, which is like, excuse me? My equal? That's arrogance right there. I do kind of like, like, I think I prefer this Byakuya to, like, just standing there being stoic and looking cool Byakuya. Uh, because at least it's like, a, it, it, you know, it's a character that I like to hate, as opposed to a character who's just, like, a rock. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Can't disagree with that. Uh, Zomari unleashes bo some body horror, and he, like, melts into his unleashed form. Biblically accurate Z uh, Zomari. And uh, then he tries to stare at Byakuya, who, like, flash steps behind him. My man turned it into a pumpkin. With eyes. With mm -hmm. many a eyes. A pumpkin. Like, for, for people who have not seen Bleach, uh, he is a pumpkin... With like eyes all like all surrounding the pumpkin, and Zamari like his torso is the stem of the pumpkin. Like that that is what's going on here. He's looking like a pincushion. <laughs> I think he like might be a clam. Like with all the eyes. Hmm. Yeah. Clams I, I guess and they're that... like dozens and dozens of eyes. <laughs> but yeah, he's just. Ne I'm never gonna... mind. I. Did you Google search clam eyes and then feel something like shift inside you as you realized, <laughs> oh, right, clams have eyes and the number of eyes they have is far too many? No, I was looking uh, into his resurrection name. To see if that would give me some hint or inkling as to what his no, resurrection like is actually supposed to be. <laughs> but uh, no, the translation here is just witchcraft. Oh, I hate that. Uh, it, it gets worse because uh, I don't know if we've seen this yet. Uh, hold on. Let me. Uh... Oh, no, that. Never mind, that one's Xylopor- Why is Xyloporo's Resurrection on here? Because I was like, this doesn't sound right. He's got two Resurrection listed, which is Witchcraft, and then he has Fornicatus, which is You Will Fornicate, which is fucking Xyloporo's. Yeah, well, well, yeah, because uh, Xyloporo's thing is that he got to- He had one, and then they, like, changed- They changed the translation to a different one, because they were like, You Will Fuck is not a good one. We can't say that on TV. <laughs> so they change it to a different one. Weird. Well, what I'm saying is they have both of Zom both Zomari 
mainly Zomari has two listed, is what I'm saying, and one of them is you will fornicate. Weird. I'm only seeing Brujeria. Oh no, that's for this episode. Never mind. Go on. Oh, okay. So you you were seeing the list of resurrections in the episode as opposed to yes of the characters. Yes. Okay. Yes. It all makes sense. Uh, but yeah. So we've got the body horror. We've got biblically accurate pumpkin Zamari. Uh, we've got like a like a sun tattoo appears on the leg of Byakuya that he was looking at, and then he takes control of it. And he demonstrates by making Byakuya's leg steps towards him, and the cop- the captain says, fuck this shit, and slices his muscles and tendons immediately. Uh, which feels a little extreme as far as, like, <laughs> reactions to a- an enemy ability. But it's uh, okay, because he did it really fast. He reacted really quick, so he's cool. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, the Iron Car is like, I'm just gonna control Rukia, so Byakuya flash steps in front, uh, just as Hanataro arrives, complaining about shenanigans, and he sees the wounds on both of the Kuchigis, and Byakuya's like, hey, Hanataro, shut the fuck up and step back, I'm about to kill this motherfucker so hard, and you do not want to be close to him. (laughs) Elsewhere, we've got Unahana healing Chad and his Afroed friend. And they feel Zaraki, Mayuri, and Byakuya going full tilt from the start. And they're like, ah, oh, it's because the Arankar was so goddamn strong. And I'm like, no, they weren't going full tilt from the start. That was the whole... We just had an episode where they said they weren't. <laughs> uh, the t- sidebar. This is the thing that annoys me with the way that Bleach handles like the way like how it deploys tension in its fights where they're like yeah each side is going to have like successive i'm gonna unleash this form i'm gonna unleash this move i'm gonna unleash this technique or whatever and you know the who's in control the fight is gonna switch each time but every time they do the person who still is keeping something in the tank is reacting as if they have nothing in the tank and and the and like they're doing it like in their internal monologue, in the way that they're thinking, and it's, it's always like presented as if, oh yeah, this is absolutely the end of it, as opposed to like, mm-hmm. man, I really don't want to have to dig deep in the tank because then I won't have any for later, you know? Oh, right. Oh, I'm almost at the end of my rope, and then it's like I have seventy foot rope, another one, and <laughs> I'm actually one. busting ropes here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's like, God. Uh, so we cut to Noitra and Zaraki again, and the captain's, like, fending off a bunch of attacks, he's getting pushed back, and then when he slashes, it doesn't seem to do anything, because Noitra's skin is, like, super hard. And then we go back to Byakuya and Zamari, and Byakuya's hand is coming for his neck, so he cuts that too. Uh, Zamari gives, like, just a bunch of speeches about Byakuya's arrogance, thinking he could win without a leg and an arm. Byakuya's response is, like, yeah, even without an arm and a leg, we are nowhere near equal. Do you have any idea how much my hair ornaments can buy? Right. Uh, but it's Zomari's trick! Each eye can control one thing, and previously he attacked with two of them. So he attacked Byakuya's arm and Rukia's head. So she gets up and she starts to like, strike down Hanataro, and because he got her head, he can fully control her body... Uh, she fights and this Biakio is for- where the whole fight falls apart. 
<laughs> Thank you. Okay, so we were thinking about the same thing? Yeah, that's why I specifically uh, mentioned heads in my little response. Gotcha. Okay. So, I, I, I just want to take a look at the wording here, and, like, could just be the translation I'm following, like, in, in all fairness. Uh, it really bothers me that specifically Zomari keeps referencing, like, what he can ch- control over as, like, objects. Um, and, like, to this point, he is specifically targeting, like, limbs, and he's able to, like, control those limbs of a person. And I guess theoretically, yes, you can be, like, yeah, he can, like, hit you in the head and take control of your whole body. But it's the fact that he still is, like, using, like, the object terminology for me, and that it is in this point that Rukia is, once again, just an object in the story. She's no character here. She's just here as a tool. Yeah, she somehow has less agency than all those people who are being, like, body-controlled during yeah. the Bount arc. Because she's not yep. awake during it. <laughs> she's Yeah, she's literally unconscious. It's rough. And so I also have a secondary, I guess, complaint, right? Where, the, like, the gender politics of this are incredibly, like, fucked up and stupid and bad. And, right, why... Would he not simply control Byaku Yakuchi's head? Oh, he tried. Did he? I must have. I literally. So, so when Byakuya like goes in front of Kuchiki of a uh, Rukia and he like ends up getting his hand controlled, mm-hmm. his hand is in front of his face. Like he he blocks the hit with his hand, basically. Okay, I'm sorry. That's still that's not enough for me. He's got. <laughs> 50 eyes, as we will learn in a moment. I simply... 52 eyes, right? Yes. Eventually, he's going to drop the block string. You just got to keep going. You got to keep your pressure up, dude. Well, you you have to understand, Zamari has to, like, explain that, like, oh, every single one of my eyes can control a single object. And how is he going to explain that if he uses all of them at the same time? Maybe Zamari's problem is that he really was the arrogant one. Perhaps. Alright, that's the only, right, like, sort of coherent explanation I can think of that is grounded in, like, character consideration, right? Where there there is an element of domination, right, that sort of underscores his entire fighting style, right? There is this, this arrogance, this domination, this control thing, and it is psychologically arguably much more dominating, right, to have your body taken away from you piece by piece and then having this, like, full control shown on, uh, you know, pardon my deployment of, um, of language here, but, like, an object of your affection mm-hmm. uh, while still withholding that from you. Right, and so there's like this psychological factor. There's a, a a combat psychology, a character psychology thing going on where the satisfaction of domination is more important to him, arguably, than like winning. Which mm-hmm. is why he, right after it fails the one time, he doesn't keep pressing on with it because that's that's obviously the winning strategy. Yeah, because because uh, if you look at like up until. 
this point, right, Zamari has used his ability twice. Yeah, so he's used the ability twice. Once he uses it, and Byakuya notices something's up, so he dodges, but then he gets tagged. Like, he gets tagged on the way out, basically, so that's where he gets his foot. And then the mm-hmm. second time, he targets both of their heads, and Byakuya, do- like, blocks it with his hand. Okay. And then, we- and at this point, because he's controlling Rukia's entire body, uh, and he has her put her sword to her neck, he says, Hey, I've won. You fucking lost. Uh, drop your blade because otherwise like she dies and you clearly don't want that um and at this point he just thinks he is one right like even even though he didn't get Byakuya's head he assumes you you're missing an arm and a leg and i have control of her so i've won this fight so he like he's used his ability twice and then he assumes he's won right um, it it's the moments between right the yeah. the resolving the rukia situation and then what happens then that I'm like, you could have, right? And it's like, obviously, right? Like, I, I find myself, right? Like, I don't want to sit in, like, this CinemaSins mode of engagement um, with, with like, the object, right? Where I'm like, ah, well, right? Like, it would have been technically optimal or, or whatever, right? Because I don't think that that's necessarily, like, the most interesting way to look at or engage with art. And obviously, I mean, we, like, a we could just fight. argue that also that, like, you have pre- we have previously shown in the last episode that Zomari is as fast or faster than Byakuya. Right. And so, so the like, fact that, like, Byakuya does a thing here takes him by surprise, but it's like, the thing he does is so fucking wild that, like, yeah, you could have just used some of your eyes at that point. Oh. But... Right. So it so it makes this feel extremely toothless. Uh I get it. Right. Right. And right like a bleach fight for for good and for bad I think at some points, right? They're about the vibes. Right? Yeah. They they're about taking you for a particular kind of ride. Um and I I do think that there can be a failure of of the thing when it um it introduces particular kinds of tensions, right, with the ride that you're on. And I think that that was what got me with that thing, right? And mm. I do think that you can frame it in terms of that, that, like I said, I think that the arrogance narrative is arguably the most interesting thing, right? There's this back and forth around who is being arrogant, what is arrogance, what does it mean to respect your opponent, what does it mean to, like, dominate or defeat your opponent there's all that stuff going on that i think is like a a rich interpretive space um but there's a certain point where like i guess in like the desperation the scramble toward victory or for you know a reversal that like i never quite felt came together which again is also a part of a problem where you're just being shotgunned 18 of these conflicts at at one time or in a row yeah or like in parallel i think i think part of my problem with the the arc as a whole um just both in regards to this fight and just how the fights have been is 
Well, while I can't say for sure that this is what Kubo was following, a lot of mangaka uh, follow the Kisho Tenketsu structure of storytelling, uh, where you have Ki, which is like the setup, uh, Sho, which is development, and Sho is like the majority of what you're getting, because it's like a four-act structure. Uh, you have the twist, which is ten, and then Ketsu, which is the conclusion. Um, with, with this... We are in the show portion of Bleach, or namely this arc, because with Bleach in particular, you can kind of apply this as like a cyclical sort of structure, where each bigger arc, you have all four parts of the four-act structure. But oh, Sure, it's recursive, with, it's fractal in a way, right? Yes. Of like, the, the structures are nested within each other. Yes, exactly. Um, but with show, part of the intent is you are supposed to like kind of tease out the whole situation, flesh out the world and the characters, and give everybody a broader view of the story. Um, and I I understand that this is a shonen jump fight manga, like it it is a shonen manga that is meant to go on a very long time and have a lot of fights. My problem comes with the fact that throughout all these fights, I just don't feel like we learn anything about the characters engaging in them, aside from, like, reveals about powers. And while that is Kubo's shtick, it, it, it really falls flat over time, just because if that's all you're getting, you're just getting spoon-fed powers, you're not learning anything of substance about the plot or the story, when these fights are happening, they're just filler, and they're just a vehicle so that the actual plot can happen later. <laughs> you know, sure. So it's like, and... go ahead. We we already have Biakia's character development of him caring about Rukia now, or him having always cared about Rukia, but like hiding behind his past feelings. So him protecting her in this moment doesn't really tell us anything about him. He's just doing it because that's what Byakia would do. And it, 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 in inclusion with Zamari's powers falling completely flat, the whole fight just does not work for me. Uh, yeah, absolutely, right? And there's this thing, right, where characters and cool powers are really interesting, but you're often going to find the most interest or the most... Um, uh, space or or meat or or whatever, right? Um, I uh, you know the the opportunity for for engagement for richness for for whatever. At least personally for me, right? When I say you, I mean me. Uh, in this this case, right, is when <laughs> the character and their powers are either in some way meaningfully complementary, um, or uh, their intention with one another in some sort of way, right? So how does a person who has this sort of attitude um, engage with the power or, or or this kind of mindset engage with an ability that that works to, like, undercut or or oppose it or, uh, you know, on the other end to, to supplement and develop it, which is where, for me, right, like, the arrogance angle of, of interpretation sort of becomes the most interesting place for me to look with this fight. 
which again makes it sort of much less about Byakuya as like a pretty static character at this point who yeah he's showing up because he is now able to be open about the fact that he cares about his sister who looks like his dead wife uh which always fucks me up when i remember it yeah Um, but right so like that is a given that is that is why he's here right and there's also this thing where structurally right they are also the turn, like, all of these characters are the turn, and then they fall into, mm-hmm. the, like, the, uh, the structure. Mm-hmm. So the, the arrogance angle then becomes the most interesting to me, because it allows us to understand an arc here for him. Um, Z- Zariel is his name? I keep forgetting his fucking name. Zomari. Zomari, right, Zomari. Um, so, the, the, another problem, though, is that <laughs> a good 80% of villains or more in Bleach and, frankly, protagonists are just preposterously arrogant. Yeah. Everyone's always showing up talking about what a badass they are, being really cool. And usually, right, they can sort of, they can pay that off, to some extent at least. But it creates this thing where it's like, okay, that is a fruitful avenue of of engagement. And it also starts running out of steam when you're like, okay, well, how does this relate to the other facets uh, of the object that we're engaging with? How does this connect to or contrast with other characters? And it's like, oh yeah, he's like, he's like everyone. The other two guys that they're fighting right now are also overwhelmingly arrogant. But it, like I said, it still continues to be, personally for me, the most interesting and sort of productive way, for me at least, to engage with this. Because yeah, there's nothing going on for Byakuya. Um, And if we're going to be shown this much stuff, I guess I want there to be something in it. Otherwise, I really would have preferred that, you know, Byakuya and, uh, just to another extent, um, Zaraki and, like, Unohana and, um, Kurotsuchi all just show up and, like, stab their guy in the back. And just be like, okay, you're gone. Hi, I'm here. It's done. Yeah, I th- I think it's a, a an issue with shonen manga like this in general for them to kind of flub around and not have any idea what to do with the story while the fights are going on. Because, like, in my opinion, I think fights like this are a really good avenue for character development uh, or actually teaching us anything about the characters. But especially when we have a villain like Zomari, who we've barely seen up till now, like, I think he's been on screen, like, maybe two or three times. Um, And then for us to learn almost nothing about him, like, we... I'm sure we will, like, next episode or something, like, when he inevitably, like, loses the fight. No, but, he dies uh, here. We're not done yeah, with the episode for... recap. He's We're... dead. <laughs> All right. He's dead at the end of this episode. I, I fucking didn't process. That gives you an idea of how much I was, like, kind of zoned out. Uh, just because, like, nothing was happening. It, it It's just a whole... Mm. It, it's a whole thing. Yeah, no, like, this whole... 
this whole sequence ha- like that happens and just like be like Byakuya should Rukia has had a fight, right? Like Rukia had a fight, uh seemingly like went to her limit and sacrificed herself to kill the dude, who may or may not have been like holding back on her because she can never get a like a straight win in this fucking show. Oh, whatever. Uh she's had a fight. She's now unconscious. Someone else shows up. Uh, who whom we have not seen, like I think he's had maybe one speaking line in the entire show to date. Uh, but mostly, when he shows up, he has just been, like, one of ten other faces um, mm-hmm. who's, like, standing there menacingly. So he shows up. Byakuya shows up. They fight. No, Nothing, like, happens, really. Uh, and then Zamari's dead, and I think Byakuya just leaves. <laughs> Uh, but I, I guess we'll figure. We'll see if he just leaves like next time. Maybe he'll like carry, carry Rukia out, or maybe he'll have a moment with her, or a moment with Hanataro, or whatever. But like, he definitely doesn't have like the the only thing we get in this episode are things that we knew about him previously in his fight with Ichigo, more or less, and that the anime filler has already has also already shown uh, <coughs> when he fights people, which is just. His whole thing is, hey, you're not on my level, and I'm just going to show you how much not on my level you are. And then he proceeds to do so using the exact same... T- like, he plays the hits. Zoraki, Mayuri, and... Or, and like, mild spoilers, but Zoraki actually has a character beat coming up. He had Like, he has an honest-to-God character beat, whether or not we think it's a good one is, like, an aside, but, like, he has an actual character beat in his fight with Noitra. Gotcha. Myri is just there to be, like, a freak show, basically. Um, and right, then... He's one of the most static characters in the entire series, and, again, you maybe get some, like, development with him that comes, like, in the final arc that is contentious. Yeah, but at the very least, like, he shows up... There... He is also, like, going to be playing the hits, but there are things that he's going to be doing that are, like, new and maybe interesting. They're at least different. Byakuya shows up, puts on his... puts on the Byakuya, like, fine wine aged record or whatever, and then it's like, play the hits, Hanataro, and then he play... he does his... he shows up, does his thing, and then leaves, and that's it. Like... Mm -hmm. uh, I think like, I, I think it says a lot about the fight here that like the best part of the fight to me was when Hanataro ran in and just started info dumping at Byakuya. And and Byakuya's just standing there silent. Best part of the whole fight to me. Like that that says something. Yeah, and since so just since we've been like talking around and past it, I'm just gonna finish the the episode yeah, because yeah. i have like yeah, 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 two yeah. and a half sentences or whatever uh so we've got rukia who's put her sword to her neck because she's being used as a hostage uh you know as you put it a literal object of his affection uh Byakuya does indeed drop his blade and then before the blade hits the ground he uses his like paralyzing prison of light skill that he likes on on rukia and then I feel like this extra step is not needed, but he picks up his sword again, and then he says, "Okay, here, let me drop my sword again." And then he summons his bankai, and Samari is like, 
fuck you, I can control everything. I've got 52 eyes and they can each control the thing. Uh, but, you know, as we've previously established, Byakuya's Bankai has 100 million blades, so Byakuya just calls him useless and blends him, which ends the episode. I... Uh, man. What a disappointing fight. Like, Byakuya is just here to show up, be like, yo, I'm badass, give you two seconds of, oh, maybe, he was the arrogant one, and then he goes, actually, no, all of my arrogance is 100% um, valid, like, it's good and cool that I am like this, actually, and then he does his bankai, and he leaves. It's not arrogant if you can back it up. You can't come onto my stream and give me advice, I'll fucking kill you. Which, to bring it back to Seto Kaiba, <laughs> and other Seto Kaiba-like elements in Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Like, sp I'm specifically thinking of Jack Atlas. They are also, like, very clearly, like, hey, I'm arrogant, but each of them, it's it's not just, hey, I'm arrogant, and then it works out. It's, I'm arrogant partly as a choice, and sometimes that's a bad thing, and it makes me struggle, but I'm going to continue to be arrogant. I'm going to choose to continue to be like this, and I'm going to push through it because I have the pride of a king. Right? Like, it's it's like a character beat slash, like, oh, okay, he thinks this way, like, for a reason, and then it gets incorporated into their style of dueling, and then, like, as they're doing stuff. And you're just like, okay, yeah, I get it. Whereas Byaku is just like, I face zero consequences. <laughs> Go away. It's lame. It's boring. It's like, you, this character could be cool. This character could be really, really cool, and he's not, and it's a shame. It's really frustrating, yeah. His moveset is really cool, and, like, you could have a really cool, like, arrogant noble character, but, like, the way, the booking of this fight, and the way that the, uh, if, if we had to go, if we had to describe it in terms of, uh, uh, what is it, Kishoten? Uh, Kishoten Ketsu. Yeah, so... Kisho Tenketsu. This fight is Kisho Ten Ten Tenketsu, right? And I would I would even hazard to say it's Ki Ten Ten Tenketsu. <laughs> because there's yeah. no development in the in the middle. Right? It's just show up, twist, 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 end of fight, boom, we're done, move on to the next episode. Um and it's like there's it feels like you could so easily excise the like everything regarding Byakuya from these two episodes and i don't think it would change anything to the story other perhaps the fact that it, that his hand and leg are wounded but hanataro is there so i assume they won't be for long right like whatever byaku is going to do next in the story will not be impacted in the slightest by him having shown up here and used his bankai right uh, it sucks yeah it sucks Bleach it can sucks. be bad sometimes. Sometimes Bleach is good. This is not one of those times. No, this is not one of those times. It really isn't. Uh, thankfully, the post credit scene is much better and much funnier. And it does tell us a bit about Byakuya, because we've got Yachiru, dressed as a cat. She finds her moment, and then, yeah, grabs a koi that's bigger than she is, and she takes it away. And then the next morning, Byakuya looking, is looking at like his house's his, like, family pond, and he's like, there seem to be less koi in the pond these days. <laughs> hey, 
I was like, pretty you know glad what? that this was fun. <laughs> I I was pretty glad that both bits this week did did make me chuckle. Yeah. Uh, and then, manga wise, nothing much. There is like that one interaction, like right before Biakia wins, where he says, "Like you said, it was pointless that I was powerless." Blah blah blah. If you want to see pointless, just try saving yourself. And I'm like, okay, that is credit. That's a really fucking good line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have more continuations of Dead? The world of Nell's unconscious mind. Uh, this time, it's Nell being like, damn, I got a headache. Hey, what the fuck is that, like, super morbid logo? Fuck that noise. I'm gonna put maybe. Dead maybe. That should do it. That, now it means that I'm not necessarily dead. <laughs> it's pretty good. And I was like, okay, that's that's really funny. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that is pretty good. Use those meta powers. But that's it for the episodes. Yes. That is it for the episodes. Um, I did. We did actually receive an email uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, we uh, we already have read it. Uh, just because it, it made me smile when I saw it, but I wanted to go ahead and put it on the pod just cause we don't normally have emails. Um, and I don't know, it, it felt good to do that. Uh, so this is from Max, whose pronouns are E-M. Hi, I started listening to this podcast when it started off, but I wasn't really in a place to enjoy it. Then these last few minutes... These last few months, I've been pretty stressed and needed to listen to people talking about something low stakes, and I've been going through these episodes pretty fast and have just caught up. I really enjoy being able to revisit Bleach with better commentary and not having to sit through the episodes myself. I have a lot of nostalgia for early Bleach, and I like the ideas y'all have about the better version that Bleach could be. And sometimes I write down bits of Ichigo's characterization that have gotten lost as the show's gone on. Um, and sent, like, a two-thumbs-up emoji. I, I just appreciated this email because like i i was having a pretty stressful weekend uh when this got sent and i saw this in the morning and it just it made my whole day it, it made my day way better so thank you for sending that in that that was really nice yeah thank you so much that's very sweet yeah thanks for sending it hey do you guys remember when ichigo was at the top in the top percentile of his class because he spent so much time studying because he's a loner <laughs> yeah i do oh I do. man <laughs> good times good times Ugh. but yeah that that'll about do it for our show uh if you want to fo- follow us on twitter we're at bleachcast uh i'm on tumblr at floral espers uh and you can send us an email at iwobleachcast at gmail.com and you can find me on twitter at ssblsj you can find me on Twitter at MonkeyPieQuinn. That's M-O-N-K-I-P-I-Q-U-I-N-N. As of release of this episode, the screen name associated with that account is AssFarties. I, I lost my mind when I saw that name. Thank you. Thank you for your service. <laughs> ah. But alas, it is time for another episode to come to a close. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great week. Stay cool, Chads. We were told the job would take three months. I got nothing on this one, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay.
It's so good. <laughs>